0: Good afternoon and welcome to the How to Train Your Wagon podcast, the podcast that brings three generations of family around the world on an international journey. I'm joined today by my wife, Kimberly.
1: Hi, guys. This is Kim. Today's destination is Moscow, the capital of the Russian Federation. Moscow conjures up spectacular imagery of St. Basil's Cathedral and its onion domes, the Kremlin walls, and parades through Red Square.
0: We do our best travel planning at the local coffee shop. So pack up the wagon, head to your nearest coffee shop, and pull up a latte. Lord knows there's plenty to see and do in Moscow. Old disclosure, we traveled to Moscow some time back and used Moscow Private Tours, a company to take us on a tour. Considering how much we saw, the money was very well spent. There was so much to see and do, or what was a brief layover on our way to Spain? I will say that Moscow is visually stimulating like no other place I've seen in the world. Standing in the Red Square and drinking in the view is intoxicating for the senses. So sit back and relax. We've got your virtual Winnebago fueled up and ready to go as we take you, your kids, and your grandparents on a week-long vacation. And as a word of warning, Bridge Across the Bering Strait has not yet been completed, or started for that matter. Today we'll be joined by our guest, Anna of Moscow Private Tours. Anna's company arranges private tours through the Russian capital on tours that range in length anywhere from a half a day to a week or longer.
2: Hello Tom, hello Kim, hello everyone. My name is Anna. I'm head of customer department at Moscow Private Tours Company. We have been the leading company in Russia providing private guided tours for 10 years now, so we know the drill. <laughs> And we know for sure that traveling in a party with people of different generations is no joke. Thank you for inviting me today. I'm delighted to be your guest and to share some tips about traveling to Moscow in general and for traveling across three generations in particular. Our website is tours.moscow if you want to check us out.
0: Before we start our sightseeing, let's talk about staging the movie. You probably can't park our Winnebago in downtown Moscow. Where would you have our three generations stay when they visit Moscow? Let's assume that time is valuable and people want to stay relatively close to something interesting. Do you have recommendations for particular hotels or Airbnbs?
2: Oh yes, this is a very important question. We would definitely recommend staying in the central area of Moscow. This way, you are guaranteed to get the best experience possible and to enjoy your stay the most. Firstly, the center of Moscow is stunningly beautiful and enjoyable to walk around. Secondly, all the major places of interest are located there, plus all the best restaurants, different cafes and shops at every corner. Thirdly, for many people, it's quite hard to grasp the idea of how huge Moscow actually is. Getting from one address to another within Moscow might take up to 90 minutes. So, ask yourself if you really want to spend... 40 minutes every day just one way to get to some attraction or not? I don't think so. So, now, if we look at uh, accommodation options, of course, all the most luxury hotels are located in the center of the city and are more expensive than those located further away from the Red Square. But even if you're not planning to stay at a five-star hotel, Make sure that you check the prices anyway, as, for example, Metropole Hotel in Moscow often offers seasonal deals, and if you get one of those, you can book your stay at this luxury historical hotel at a price comparable with a four-star hotel, which is a good deal. Other top hotels right near the Red Square are National Hotel, Four Seasons, Ritz-Carlton, and a tiny bit further away, St. Regis Hotel. But um, there are also quite a lot of decent three- and four-star hotels situated within a commutable distance, which can be a good alternative to those five-star five star hotels that I've mentioned. We suggest looking at accommodation options located in Tyrskoidsky district and Дорогомилово. Please pay special attention to how close the hotel is to the nearest metro station. I'd suggest maximum 5 minutes walk, as metro is most likely going to be your main transport in Moscow. For those families who are on a smaller budget and who don't mind travelling a little bit every day to the center, a great option for stay could be Ismailova hotels. Izmailovo hotels are several three- and four-star hotels, located outside of the center, but just one minute away from Partizanskaya metro station on the blue line, which is only 13 minutes' ride by metro to the Red Square. Straight line, very easy to use. And the prices in this area are considerably lower, while the hotels are decent. And a pleasant bonus is that they are located right next to one very interesting venue which is Ismailova Kremlin. This is a perfect place for buying souvenirs and on weekends you can explore a real flea market there. So we arrive probably with a bit of jet lag.
1: What are some of the easy things a family could take in during their first day as some of them are going to be very excited and then some are going to need a nap?
2: this of course depends on how much time you actually have left of the day the thing is that you should add around two hours give or take after your plane landing time that will be the time when you most likely arrive at your hotel and check in with that in mind if you still have a big part of the afternoon and enough stamina left the best option would be to take a private guided tour so that your guide can provide some extra care that you need on that day and lessen that little first shock of arriving at a new place and not knowing anything. It is the best way not only to see the major attractions of the city, but to learn how things generally work in Moscow and Russia, how to use metro on your own, which you are going to use a lot, believe me, (laughs) which places of interest are worth visiting in the next days, which restaurants or shops to go to in your area and which ones to skip. Even if you usually do not take any guided tours, I'd say that this one is a must and it will be the best investment of your trip as it saves you time and nerves and probably money to get answers to all your questions and plan out the rest of your stay in the best way. If you plan in Lens in the afternoon, You will probably be quite tired, and in this case it is better to just stick with a nice relaxing dinner. We would recommend to pick some restaurant which is close to your hotel and it would be a good idea to book a table in advance. As some of the restaurants in the city center are very popular, they sometimes do not take walk-ins, especially if you are more than two people or if we are speaking about a weekend. Another thing is if you have limited time in Moscow and less than three days in the city. In that case, you would want to spend your time here wisely and in the most effective way, considering that there is a lot to see in Moscow. But don't get stressed. We have a solution for you. We have a short evening tour by car, which takes you to the main landmarks of Moscow in just two hours. So, it is going to be a relaxing ride for you after dinner. We can start the tour at 8 or 9 p.m. And the greatest thing here is that you will see the most famous buildings of Moscow beautifully illuminated. Make sure that you take a lot of pictures as they are all going to be amazing.
1: Wow, sounds like
2: a great first full day.
1: Many tourists to Moscow may understandably expect cold weather. That's not the case for us. Of course, the day we went to Moscow, it was 96 degrees and sunny. Not too humid, but very sunny and hot. And especially getting off of a flight, be sure to purchase the bottled water before you go out of the airport or any passing convenience store. It is very hard to get water on the streets in Moscow.
0: And you're going to need that to stay hydrated as you walk about Moscow during the day. Now, one of the treats in Moscow was grabbing ice cream, as Anna noted, at the Goom Department Store. Another highlight in the vicinity of Red Square was that some of the smaller churches also operated small bakeries. So especially when you landed off that flight and you're walking around Moscow early that morning, being able to walk into one of the bakeries, grab some fresh bread and breakfast pastries early in the morning was quite enjoyable.
1: That was a highlight for us we got a delicious peach pastry from an older lady who worked at a church who made everything homemade talk to me about waking up after a good night's sleep people may wake up at different times what is a good russian breakfast how can the early risers get a great bakery and coffee experience
2: once again if you're staying in the central area of the city you will have dozens of options close to your hotel to choose from but there are some special ones for instance branches in metropole hotel are legendary you can have a brunch there even if you are not staying at the hotel another place with famous delicious breakfasts is grand cafe dr jivaga located at the ground floor of national hotel Then, there are plenty of chains of cafes and bakeries located all around the city where you can enjoy a European breakfast with some Russian dishes as well. Those are for example, the Brothers and lots of different coffee shops and bakeries at every corner. In general, I'd say that finding a good place to eat in Moscow is not going to be a problem. This market is so competitive that most places actually have to provide the highest level of quality in order to survive. So if you see a place that you like visually, it's probably going to have some good food inside, so don't hesitate, just go in and try. As for Russian specialties for breakfast that you should try, it is definitely Russian blini or pancakes and syrniki. but be careful is a milk product also you can try porridge it's quite popular here especially oatmeal buckwheat and semolina one humorous aside about our lunch in
1: moscow we paid for a russian feast with five courses and it was very reasonably priced however the price featured a children's price for those under the age of 12 and everyone else paid an adult price the thing was that the adult price featured four shots of vodka per person and at that time, our children were only 17, 15 and 13. So we sit down, ask the waiter to bring us some water. They struggled with that. They were like, no, you have the vodka, you have 24 vodkas. On a day where it's 96 degrees outside, we're exhausted from our flight, walking around Moscow in the heat, and we really just wanted some water.
0: Oh, by the way, in a time in which we have to get on a flight later that night to fly to Barcelona.
1: However, the vodkas were very good. Would you like to tell them what vodkas we had?
0: Yeah. So I would say in particular, some of the horseradish vodkas are tremendous. It's considered a very Russian thing, so I recommend the horseradish vodka. And also some of the Arctic-infused berries were also quite tasty.
1: Yes, I agree. We let our 17-year-old have a shot of vodka at the table with his grandmother. Neither one of them we were really vodka lovers at the time, except my 17-year-old seemed to like it.
0: So we're all fed. We've had a great breakfast on the Arbotskaya. It Seems to me we're ready for a good day on a walking tour in a museum. What is our first must-see or museum, and how much time is required?
2: Oh yes, I can talk hours and end about this, but I'll try to make it shorter. Obviously, on your first day, we suggest seeing the most iconic landmarks of Moscow. By the way, all of them are included in our Moscow must-sees walking tour. And I'm speaking here about the Red Square, the Moscow Kremlin, the Bolshoi Theater, and, of course, the most unusual building of all so, Yes, that one that looks like a colorful cake with marshmallow domes on top of it. Actually, this year the cathedral will be 460 years old. Just think about it. Actually, there are quite a lot of places of interest cluttered around the Red Square, which is not surprising because this is literally the heart of the city and its history. Now, let's talk about the Kremlin. Um, The Kremlin is basically an ancient fortress of a triangle shape. On the one side of this triangle are the Red Square, St. Basil's Cathedral, GUM Department Store and Lenin's Tomb. On another side there is Alexander Garden, which is a must to visit as well, because of the eternal fire and ceremonial guards there. Guards change every hour, so just time your visit. Also, the actual entrance to the inside territory of the Kremlin and the Armory Chamber is located in the Alexander Garden. Now, going back to the Red Square side, if you are there in the morning, you can visit Lenin's tomb to see a mummified Soviet leader there, but be prepared to spend some time in a queue. Uh, Usually, by the way, old people and kids get most excited about this part. Now, as for visiting St. Basil's Cathedral inside, it is definitely a great idea, unless your elderly have problems with walking upstairs. Because the main beauty of the cathedral is on the second floor. And to get there, you need to climb a very steep staircase. But the younger part of your family could always do it, while the elderly enjoy a cup of coffee or perhaps a glass of wine at a beautiful terrace of Bosco Cafe located inside Gum department store overlooking the Red Square. So it's just a hundred meters away. By the way, the traditional thing to buy at Gum is famous Gum ice cream of different flavors and also some colorful Soviet style soda drinks. Yes, I know it's not exactly a healthy option, but hey, you're on a holiday. Also, there is a wine and caviar bar in Gum, so you could taste and buy caviar there if you're interested. After St. Basil's Cathedral, you can go down to the river to the new public park Zaradia, which is cool for exploring Russian nature, and it's also a super cool place for Instagram shots on a soaring bridge. And also, if you go inside the media center, you can book a 5D experience, which is flight over Moscow. This is an exciting experience for kids especially, but I personally think it's a great activity to do at the end of your Moscow part of the trip, as you get to see most of the city attractions that you have already visited, but from above. And it will definitely be fun for all of you to recognize those places and glance at them one more time. Then there are a couple of old streets like Varvarka and go into the east and northeast of the Red Square, which also form the old center of the city. At the end of Nikolskaya Street you will see Moscow Children's Store, and if you go on top of it, there is an observation deck on the roof there, From where, you can see the whole center from above, which is a spectacular view, of course. So, this whole relaxing stroll is going to take you half a day. And then, after some rest at lunch, you can go to the Kremlin, for example, and explore its inside territory together with its cathedrals. There is also a great museum inside the Kremlin, which is called the Armory Chamber. It holds a collection of Russian precious items, jewels, including Fabergé eggs, Russian Tsar's clothing, thrones, royal carriages, etc., etc. One thing that you should keep in mind is that access inside the Armored Chamber is limited per day. So, we really advise booking your tickets there around two weeks in advance on the official website of the Kremlin. My advice would be to book the Armory Chamber tickets for the 16.30 session, which is 4.30 pm, so that around 3.30 pm you could enter the Kremlin itself, explore the cathedrals part, and then proceed to the Armory Chamber. At this time of the day, this venue is going to be much less crowded than in the morning. Also, keep in mind that if you're tired after such a long walk in the morning, you can visit just the Armored Chamber alone and leave the Kremlin for another day, or vice versa.
0: So when you walk past Resurrection Gate and its Green Chapel and take in Red Square for the first time with the Kremlin walls on your right, St. Basil's Cathedral across the square, and the Goom Department Store on your left, the lengthy plane ride is worth it. And Goom was a great first place for us to start. It's shaded and climate controlled. Shopping-wise, it's comparable to Fifth Avenue in terms of labels. So let's talk about dinner plans. What would be a good Russian dinner, and where shall we dine?
2: We have finally come to the most interesting part, haven't we? Anyway, amazing picks for dinner in the center would be the famous Café Pushkin, again, Grand Café Dr. Zhivaga, Lavka Lavka Restaurant, and of course the White Rabbit Restaurant, which is ranked 15th among the world's best restaurants there you can try russian specialties first of all starters we do have some iconic starters such as herring with onions and rye bread salads like olivier and vinaigrette, salted pickles and salted cabbage then of course russian cuisine is famous for soups such as borsh, salyanka, she Most of those soups are made of cabbage. Cold soups like green borscht and okroshka are great in summer. Then all kinds of Russian patties or pastry go really well with soup, especially when you're hungry. Pies with all kinds of fillings and a special pie called kulibyaka. Then the main dish is probably going to be beef stroganoff, pike cutlets for fish eaters, And, of course, dumplings with all kinds of fillings. And notable Russian desserts are cakes like medovik, which is a honey cake or which is translated as bird's milk. It is a really tender souffle cake. And a really healthy dessert. It's interesting. Healthy and Russian cuisine doesn't really go together too well. But a really healthy dessert which is baked apple just try it it's great that's if we speak about Russian cuisine but Russian cuisine is not the only one you can try in Russia Russians absolutely adore Georgian cuisine as a legacy of the USSR there are plenty of Georgian restaurants in the city and oh my god the food is delicious there We would especially recommend Visata 5642 restaurant. The name is translated as Height 5642, which is the height of Elbrus Mountain. Also, an amazing chain of Georgian restaurants is restaurants that can be found in many areas of the city. The specialties of Georgian cuisine are all kinds of meat cooked on open fire, vegetable dishes, Georgian cheese pastry called hachipuri just like the name of the restaurant and as for the drinks Georgian wine is quite decent actually and also you might as well try Georgian vodka which is called chacha. but careful it can get you drunk without you even noticing as for the kids and picky eaters Russian and Georgian cuisine is actually a win-win in this case, as almost all kids love dumplings and kebabs and cheese pies, which are so close to pizza. But if that's not the case, most of restaurants in Moscow offer a special children's menu, where you can find the usual set – fries, chicken nuggets, sausages, spaghetti, pizza, etc. Of course… McDonald's and Burger King's are also available and are everywhere. By the way, a lot of our guests actually say that Russian McDonald's is one of the best. So, if you are up for some unhealthy snacking, just check it out. So, for an evening of entertainment,
1: the family will naturally be curious about the Bolshoi. What should families expect for an evening at the Bolshoi? Also, on our third day, tell me about the Sergei of Passad trinity lavar and a tour by train with kind of following up with day four with the river tour in gorky
2: park i have already mentioned we have a perfect relaxing two-hour night moscow tour to see all the beautiful venues with amazing illumination on then of course in the evening you can dive into some cultural experience that moscow has to offer And the first thing here that comes to mind is of course Russian ballet. If you want to enjoy a ballet performance, then it is quite realistic to book the tickets to the Bolshoi Theater online for a normal price. But it has to be done a month or so in advance at the official Bolshoi Theater website. So it is possible to get in there without having to pay crazy money. If the ballet is too boring for your kids, you should opt for Russian circus instead. Moscow has several circuses and rich circus traditions, but we would recommend visiting Nikulin's circus in particular. And for those who want to have some fun in the evening, you should go to Patriarch Ponds area of the city for some bar rolling experience and to the red october district for some dancing and clubbing experience also some nice bars outside of that area mendeleev bar schrodinger's cat Bar, tema bar and the oldest and most reputable clubs of moscow paganda gypsy and 16 Tones. and A newly opened conglomeration of bars is a place called Profsoyuz, is also worth checking out. Those are 22 bars united under one roof. Actually, lately this kind of united different food corners has become really popular in Moscow. And even if you are not risking trying out this bar venue with 22 bars in it, you should at least go and check out depot food mall this place unites more than 200 food corners of all possible cuisines that's a great place to spend an evening for the younger part of your team if we're lucky enough to have a day five i think it's
1: safe to say that we've seen enough where we can operate on a few different schedules some people are shopping where would you have three generations shop gum is impressive but it's almost too high end for most forms of shopping. Also, while some may be shopping, some may be interested in military history and a World War II museum. I've seen the Tank Museum tour online. Any insight for those looking into a military history tour?
2: My answer is yes, definitely yes. Moscow has loads to offer. So if you want to get the most of it, of course you should stay longer. As there are still lots of options left. For example, you could venture to Sergeyev Passat, which is another city of Golden Ring, 80 kilometers away from Moscow. This place is like Vatican for Russians. Now, you can go there by car or by train. This is a half-day trip. It is definitely suitable for your parents, by the way. Another lifetime experience is visiting Patriot Park near Kubinka Tank Museum which is also around 80 kilometers away from moscow this is the place for all boys on the earth from the age of five till 95 and i'm sure some for some girls as well by the way we have one female guide who can professionally shoot almost all kinds of weapons so back to the park there you can see all kinds of tanks old and new military vehicles shooting stations You can try out tank, plane and even ship training simulators and shoot all kinds of weapons. For this trip you will need a car or a taxi and an interpreter. Then, if you don't want to go outside of Moscow, you can stay in the city and then you can visit Vedenha Park. This place is like a time machine that lets you see the best of the Soviet period of our history. This place is nearly 90 years old and has recently been restored to its original looks of the 1960s. This is really a must-see to visit. Plus, it can be combined with a visit to the Museum of Cosmonautics. A, A totally unique experience for those who are curious in space exploration. Parents of smaller kids would want to combine this visit with going to Mosquarium, which is the biggest aquarium in Europe, with hundreds of sea creatures, including dolphins and even orcas. And another venue for kids and teenagers is a new amusement park called the Dream Island. Just don't build your hopes up. It's a good way to, to entertain kids if they are bored and good roller coaster rides but it doesn't actually fill you with that magical atmosphere that Disneyland or other theme park would. Here I can think of another great idea for all three generations. It is to visit Panorama 360 observation deck on the 89th floor of the Federation Tower of the Moscow International Business Complex. It is the highest 360 degrees observation deck in Europe. They also have an ice cream factory operating on the deck. And you get a free ice cream and actually get to see how it is made, which is quite interesting for the kids and delicious for everyone. But the main attraction there is the bird eye view of Moscow. And here is a little life hack. Come there in the late afternoon. So, you can still see the city in the daylight, then in twilight, and then the lights start switching on and you see the whole city illuminated. It is a magnificent picture and a lifetime experience. Oh, and you can stay there later and have dinner at the restaurant right there or in a neighboring tower which is called oka tower the famous restaurant there is called ruski i almost forgot about art lovers didn't i so if you want to explore russian art you should definitely visit the tretikov gallery the main building is located at tretikovsky metro station that's logical right it is also an enjoyable slow-paced activity for people above 50. and one more tip for everyone don't be scared to explore Moscow metro. The whole of the brown or circle line is a masterpiece. So just hop on a train and go out at every station to take pictures. Also some amazing, some other amazing stations that should not be missed are Kievska, Arbatskaya and площадь Революции, they are all on dark blue line and also Mayakovska and Novokuznetskaya on green line. Okay, and now the last but not least – souvenir shopping. The iconic items to bring home from Moscow are usually vodka, kever, but be careful here, you're only allowed to bring 250 grams of black kever per person or you might get problems with the customs. Then, of course, comes matryoshka doll or nesting doll, as some people call those, that doll that holes inside like ten more smaller dolls. Then fur hats, real fur or fake fur, it's all a popular gift. Sometimes the fake fur ones are just great for love with friends. There are also a lot of beautiful and intricate Applied art item, items that you can buy in Moscow, for example, jostava trays, gel dinnerware, palekh caskets, wooden caskets, khloma wooden dishes, beautiful colors, colorful scarves, and the list can go on and on. And I have already mentioned Ismailov Kremlin and market. That's a great place to purchase all of those items on the list.
1: We've got 2 days left. I know that Moscow Private Tours also advertises a tour to Vladimir and Suzdal, two Golden Ring cities. What is the Golden Ring and what should they see in Vladimir and Suzdal?
2: By now you should have some understanding of the city itself, so it might be the good time to look at some destinations which are close to Moscow, but that can give you an idea of life in Russia outside of big cities. We believe that going to Vladimir and Suzdal towns is just what you're looking for here. These two small ancient towns are part of the Golden Ring of Russia. This is the Russia that you have always been wondering about. With small wooden houses, cute windows, lovely Russian grannies or, as you call them, babushkas, who invite you in for tea and pastry. You will get to see Suzd, one of the oldest towns in Russia, where you can enjoy the sight of Russian wooden architecture. The Russians can build wooden structures without a single nail, don't you? There you can also see how peasantry in Russia used to live. Visit Suzdil Kremlin. Yes, we have more Kremlins everywhere around Russia, but they are smaller than the Moscow Kremlin. And there you can visit a big monastery. The town of Vladimir is famous for being a capital of Orthodox Russia in the past. It's famous for its Golden Gates Museum, its cathedrals and Museum of Applied Arts, where you you can actually buy a lot of very good souvenirs. Now, the best way to get to Vladimir is by a bullet train from Moscow, Yaroslavsky train station. Suzdal is around 20-30 minutes drive from Vladimir by car, so from there you need to take a taxi. This trip is going to be a whole day trip, but at a relaxed pace, plus you get to rest in the train. The train is fast and very comfortable. We wouldn't suggest to try and go to Vladimir by car, because it might take you up to 4 hours. It's a no-go. One
1: of the most consistent pieces of feedback we receive is that the best travel experience is when tourists can interact with locals in a way that forces them to leave the bubble of compartmentalized travel. Where would our three generations best get to interact with the locals?
2: Okay, this is a great question. I guess when it comes to interacting with locals, the first question that comes to everyone's mind is, do people in Russia actually speak English? yes they do at least at the basic level if we're speaking about the younger generation so if you're lost or need any help just address your question to a young person don't be scared that person is going to be scared more than you because he will have to remember how to speak english and although russian people don't smile a lot they are really hospitable heartful and always ready to help we actually love tourists we are actually helpful and we are actually a kind nation despite of what is shown to you in those hollywood movies besides all staff at the hotels at centrally located cafes restaurants shops or any tourist venues they speak english at a higher than basic level so you won't experience any problems when ordering your meals or when shopping or when buying tickets In the worst case scenario, you could always Google Translate. Sounds
1: like this is the part of the podcast we have to ask, what are the do's of Moscow? And what are the do nots or donuts, as my mother likes to say?
2: The three things that you shouldn't do. Well, the first and major thing that you shouldn't do is get a taxi at the airport please just book it in advance through the internet or ask for a transfer at your hotel or ask us we also provide transfers but just do not get lured by a fake taxi driver at the airport there is a big chance that you will get scammed then the second thing is mm, don't be loud inside churches russians can be a bit sensitive when it comes to religion And the third don't is, don't be scared. Moscow is one of the safest cities, and it is true. You can walk safely here at night, especially in the central area. However, as in any huge megapolis, just keep an eye on your belongings. But don't get crazy about it. There isn't a big chance that it will happen to you. Okay, three things that you should do. Well, as I have mentioned, the first do is use Metro. Don't be scared. The second do buy a local SIM card for mobile internet. Mobile internet is really cheap here, so don't hesitate. And the third one, of course, choose Moscow private tours. We will make your holiday really special.
0: Thanks to you and Moscow private tours for spending time and answering the questions today. Again, we really enjoyed our time in Moscow. We could not have seen and had the experience we had without you and, and Moscow private tours walking us around Moscow and helping us get the most out of our limited time in Moscow. So before we wrap things up, I just want to give you an opportunity to put you on a soapbox and speak to why Americans should travel to Moscow and experience uh, Moscow over the course of a week.
2: What can I add? Moscow is a turbulent mix of more than Soviet and terrorist Russia. Everything is colorfully mixed up in this vibrant city. And recently we have had a breakthrough with navigation in English, thanks to the Football World Cup in 2018. And now Moscow is as comfortable as it can be for foreign people as well. This is really a super holiday destination, where you can experience anything you like. Just make sure you book enough days here. This is a city you won't ever forget. We can promise you that. And once again, we at Moscow Private Tourist Company are here at your service to build the perfect itinerary for you and show you the best of our city. You can check out our website at tours.moscow. See you in Moscow!
0: We invite our audience to subscribe or follow our podcast. This is available in the Apple Podcast application, Spotify, and all major podcasting services. We're also launching a segment where we answer questions in a mailbag. We had a question from Kathy about Iceland in two weeks on the Ring Road. She asked if you would target one week on the Ring Road. Now, if you have one week, I would probably focus on the South Coast with the places that include the waterfalls around Vic, the Glacial Lagoon, Sephardi Foss, and maybe finish up in Hoffen. Or, alternatively, I'd consider a flight to Husavik, and enjoy some of the northern attractions such as Lake Mivaton, Aspergi, and Deddy As always, you can reach us at the mail address howtotrainmywagon at gmail.com. Again, the email address is howtotrainmywagon at gmail.com.
1: Look forward to hearing from you.
0: Okay, that annoying bark means that Nugget the Corgi is asking to be taken outside to play fetch. Special thanks to Anna and Moscow Private Tours. Again, Anna's company is www.moscowprivatetours.com. A link appears in our show notes. Until we load up the Winnebago and get on the road next week, grab the kids and the passport. Oh yeah, and please don't forget the grandparents.